0: hello everyone and welcome to another bonus podcast my name is Thalia I'm one of the pastors on staff at Northview and I am with Crystal good morning pastor of women here at Northview Mm -hmm. and we have a guest today Annalie Stiles Annalie introduce yourself to us
1: Um, Yeah, my name is Annalise Stiles. I work in the high school department. I'm the high school ministry assistant. So I do all sorts of things there. I do a lot of organizing, some admin, and then um, connect a lot with the the girls because I'm the only female high school staff. Okay. So that's lots of fun. Mm -hmm. And And, you're doing schooling on the side? Yeah. Yes, I am in an online program through Prairie Bible Institute in uh, pursuing a Bachelor of Arts in Youth Ministry. So that takes up lots of my time on the side, which is which is great and keeps me sharp and lots yeah. of learning, which is I love. So I love learning, so. And do you have a new puppy? I do, a new puppy. His name is
2: Gideon. He's <laughs> 3 months so a little bit old, so I just laughed that you gave him his own Instagram page. Oh really? <laughs> I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I had to. I was like I'm going to
1: bombard everyone with all these puppy photos and so this way they can choose to see him if they want. <laughs>
0: So what kind of dog is Gideon?
1: He's a mixed breed. He's got all sorts of things. He's got Border Collie, Lab, Retriever, and a whole bunch of other ones. His mom was a pure mutt. So
0: so do you live on your own with your family, with a roommate? Tell us a little bit.
1: I live with my parents still. Um, easier to afford life yes, that yeah. way. So, But it's great. We have an awesome family dynamic, so Lots of um, church stuff. My dad's an elder here, and my mom works on staff here, and my sister, Danae, as well is working in the women's ministry, yep. too. So we You have, might uh, get
0: the award for most family members. I think <laughs> I so. Yeah. We have a staff meeting every time we get together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about the high school youth events that are coming up and kind of what your weeks look like for youth. Yeah, we have
1: youth high school on Thursdays at 7 o'clock to 9.15 and um, so today, tonight we have another youth night. We kicked off last week but um, yeah we're kind of just still in the beginning mm-hmm. new fall so we're at um, church every Thursday okay. in, in September.
0: And you call those your campus nights? Yes
1: those are campus nights and then starting in October we start a regular rotation of doing a campus night. And then a uh, night called a community night, and then a night called a core, and then campus. So every week we kind of rotate. So there's four things there. So, so there's
0: lots of parents listening. So yeah. you have to walk us through what's, well, campus night, everyone's here at Northview, yes. Abbotsford campus. There's also Mission campus. When do they meet? Mission meets on Thursdays as mm-hmm. well. Okay. Yeah. Same so time, I think, seven to nine yeah. around there on their okay. campus. Yeah. And so Abbotsford campus, then you do the rotation of core and community as well. Does, mm-hmm. Can you describe those to us? Yes, for sure. Community
1: is, um, We're changing it up this year. In the past, it's been the whole grade group has met together in a house outside the church, but we outgrew that, which is awesome. We have tons of youth coming. yeah. So um, we can't fit 60 people in basements anymore. So um, we are um, trying a new thing this year where we're bringing community groups to the church and we're actually um, mixing up grades this year. Hmm. So we want to grow community Mm -hmm. in our youth group across grades, not just in the one grade, so each month, it will probably be a different mixing of core groups um, in a community, and they will
2: continue- So the core groups will stay together, but they'll be mixed with other core groups. Yes. And core groups
0: are smaller groups Mm -hmm. of gender specific, right? Like an Mm -hmm. all girls group of how many girls?
1: It would be six to 10, sometimes they get bigger, sometimes smaller, kind of just depends. 10 is kind of the max we want it to be, so you can have um, two leaders and 10 girls or guys of the same grade. Yeah. And they get a lot more um, relationship development with each other and they get to do fun things together and some closer Bible study and things like that. And so, yeah, at a community night, you'll go with your core group to a room in the church somewhere with another core group or maybe two other core groups. But we want to keep those groups uh, 20-ish and then the leaders so that there's a smaller group there. And they'll follow along the teaching that we're doing on a campus night and a core night. They all kind of follow the same series but just a different way of doing it a lot more discussion based teaching um, some
0: more icebreaker games and a lot of prayer in the small groups I know some kids in the past have had trouble showing up to a campus night with several hundred kids. Mm -hmm. But when they get connected into a core group of a small group of like 10 or less, and then it sounds like when they join with a couple of core groups into a community group, that sounds like really great for kids that struggle with that sort of that on-ramp into a bigger group.
2: Yeah, because if you know a couple people going into a room, it's... Not scary. No. Mm-hmm. It can be a room of 200, but if you know three or four people, yeah. that feels way better than just walking in by yourself. So yes. If, as long as those core groups are strong, then yeah. it helps the other groups.
1: Yeah. And we have incredible leaders who just love teenagers and love doing life with them. And it's awesome to see those relationships build. And we're excited about the new community groups because we're looking forward to kids graduating out of our mm-hmm. youth group and actually knowing some more people. Whereas yeah. they jump into young adults and don't mm-hmm. know anyone now. Because they low. only
2: know in their grade group. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So
1: they'll know some other um, grades And they'll, the grade 12s will be able to be models to the grade 9s in a yeah. in a more significant way, I think, because they'll know each other's names. <laughs>
0: well, and we've seen that at day camps in the summer. Yeah, the kids totally. that serve here at day yeah. camps, it's a variety of ages from about 13, 14 and up. And so they've made friendships across grades. Your son, Trevor, being one of them, he's totally yeah. done that. Yeah. And so you can see then going back into youth group for him, he's in grade 12 this year. He would know a lot of the kids from day camps that also show up for youth. So this is going to be a gift to our kids.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a natural mentoring thing that you said like that the t- takes place, the older kids kind of mm-hmm. helping out and building those relationships across grades, mm-hmm. which is great. Because high school can be so grade segregated. You don't yeah, talk totally. to anybody one year above or one year below. It's yep. Just like it oh, yeah, doesn't that happen. No, yeah. it doesn't happen. So if it can happen in the church, yeah. It just models, I think, all the way through we want our groups to be more intergenerational yeah. and not just so specifically, you mm-hmm. know, one demographic meeting together. If we can have all of our groups be more open to that. That's great. Yeah. So start us off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're hoping. A couple more yeah. things
0: we wanted you to talk about is you have some youth Bible studies starting and some you talked about some leadership development. Can you mention that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Starting, I
1: think September twenty sixth is our first one, we are doing a Bible study on Tuesday nights. So those will be in series four to six weeks, usually kind of a book study. Mm-hmm. And they'll be meeting with Luke and Levi probably. Um we don't know if that'll be in a house yet or depending on the size you might be at the church, but it'll be just Bible. You'll sit down with um, peers who also want to learn more about the Bible and just dig in. It can be all ages, grade nine to twelve. Um, you can sign up for that on our webpage, which is just at the Northview site. And you go to high school, and um, you can sign up for that. Our first one's in Colossians, so okay. we're excited to give that opportunity for students who do want to study a little bit more and have another night of the week that they're out um, with other friends who also want to study the Bible. And the leadership is for students who want to invest more in the youth group and um, just serve. They can, they'll be doing a variety of different things, whether it's from welcoming to helping with um, our food or um, service projects. That'll be the team that's kind of our go-to for when we have people that need help or um, we want them to be involved also in the church. And so it's just um, a little more accountability. We want them to also be part, taking part in the Bible study of some sort and just like a closer mentorship with students who want to jump in and want to grow and want to be challenged and nice. step out of their comfort zone that's one, on monday nights only once, once a month
0: one more quick promo before we head into our topic mm-hmm. of the day you have a youth retreat coming up we do so excited every year we go
1: down to camp furwood which is on lake whatcom in bellingham and um so the retreat this year is 22nd through 24th so that's next weekend
2: oh, oh wow gotta sign up I yep. haven't
1: <laughs> so today is actually our technical registration deadline oh, but okay. um, I'll get on the computer right after <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's $90 um, I think I'll extend a little bit till tomorrow since a lot of people will still be coming out Parents, tonight and hearing
0: quickly, about it quickly when yep. you hear this sign up
2: um, and
1: and then so after, many things you get at the September. So like I you know. go to school
2: and there's like five hundred things you got to I sign. Know, it's a little overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah.
1: So after Friday, the price will go up to hundred, but we'll still accept registrations because we know people are going to get them in late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So we're excited. It's going to be a really good weekend of worship and teaching. And we've got a big waterfront and boats and wow cabin time, which is awesome. It's like one of the best bonding times for the whole youth group and for core groups, especially.
2: Yeah. Nice to do that right at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. with every like even with hockey teams and stuff, when the kids do a tournament that's away at the beginning of the season, yeah. you just bond so much quicker. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And your team just gels a lot faster. So
0: it's good to do it right at the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK, let's move into our topic of the day. Today, we're going to talk about living in sync. It's not the band. It's no. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal's going to tell us a little bit more about where she got this idea. Well, we had talked about this topic of
2: having our lives match, our, our, our profession of faith match our actions, and we were trying to figure out what a catchy phrase or name would be for that. I listened to a podcast um, my daughter introduced to me. Uh, it's called Breakaway Ministries from the States. Uh, Texas, it's a young adults ministry on campus at a university down there, and they... they um, Podcasts are sermons every week, and they're actually really good, solid teaching. So, if you were looking for another young adult um, podcast to listen to, or even just as an adult, they're great. But the preacher this last week was talking about living in sync and used the idea of we sync up so many things, like our cell phones have to be synced to our calendars yeah. and everything. And if things aren't out of sync, it just makes life very difficult. yeah And as an example, um, when he was speaking, you, I, could, I wasn't watching this, I was listening, but you could hear what he was doing is he was um, speaking, but he was having the person who was doing the sound delay the sound of what hit the words coming out of his mouth were. So you could see his mouth moving, but it wasn't matching oh, the sound. And, and people that. in when the you crowd, watch it was just driving. Oh. you know. And you know how that is when you watch yeah. movies, when things are out of sync. Oh. But he was using that as an example to show how frustrating it is when people watch us or see us somewhere, and we're professing one thing or we're saying one thing, but our lives aren't matching up. I'm yeah. mm-hmm. talking about that thing of things being out of out of sync and having that discord between what we say and what we do and I thought it was a good example yeah or kind of a good image of what our how we should be living and what happens when we don't live that way and so that's what we thought we'd title the topic and um, we're just going to talk through what that means how why it's important to live in sync with our actions meeting our words and what are some of the challenges around that and um,
0: how can we encourage each other in Mm -hmm. that so the first place to start, I thought, is that the three of us are here on staff at Northview, and we have claimed to be Christians. And I thought, well, before we talk about being sort of watched as Christians, let's talk about why are we f- thankful to be Christians? Maybe pitch in a little bit about what God's doing in your life. Why are you still staying a Christian? You want to jump in, yeah. No, I, I, I can, I can start again. Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah, give us some time. Um, I just... In the last little while, um, I've walked through different situations with different people who are struggling, and I just keep thinking, I can't imagine walking through these kind of situations without God, without having that hope that He's in control and that He'll bring good out of bad situations, or that He can comfort you in the midst of it, or even that His people will come rally Mm -hmm. around you. And I've been in Mm -hmm. hospitals myself when, you know, care groups or community groups have come and visited me and encouraged me, and I've seen people around me that don't have that community of faith, or even just that hope for the future. And so I can't imagine living life without God in it. Like yeah. as much as life can be hard here on earth, well, that's the fallen world we're in. But if you don't have any hope of it ever getting better or anyone overseeing that, yeah, um, I just can't imagine going back to a life where I didn't have God. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I would
1: add, like, I think specifically as a young adult, I mean, for everyone, but right now, um, similar to what you were saying, Crystal, seeing other people friends of mine who don't have the Lord and I think it gives such a purpose to life Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and so I meet with them and we hang out and and it's like you you're, you seem so lost like you mm-hmm. you have these things and you're doing your life but then you're like yeah I don't really know what I'm doing and yeah. you're just like oh yeah what do you do you with, yeah and, what do you do with your free time like they're unless you have friends or things or work happening all the time you've got these empty spaces and what do you even purpose with your mind and your heart and yeah. To know that we always have that purpose and I think for a lot of young adults trying to figure out what they're doing with their life or or youth coming graduating they're like what should mm-hmm. I do and it's like we can always focus that hey whatever you do you're serving God and trust him and whatever you want to do glorify him with your life and it's like I do have a purpose I've been put here for a purpose I can give glory to God and that's an amazing thing in itself that we can even give glory to this amazing God so yeah
0: yeah, I'm really thankful to be a Christian too. And I love seeing God active in my life and other people's life. And it gives me energy. Like, for example, sometimes um, I remember when I was a stay-at-home mom and I would be running errands all day. And I'd be like, Lord, I'm going to be doing Save-On, Walmart, Costco. And these are just boring errands. But could you bring purpose into my day? Could you help me to run across somebody that I could encourage or pray with or talk with? And sure enough, who is in the lineup behind me? And it just brought energy that God is, he cares about what we do with the little details of our life. He, he's watching us. He's um, giving me purpose, like you said. He's active in my life. I, I, like Crystal like, said, I can't even imagine what I would do if I couldn't talk to him about everything, mm-hmm. go to him with all of my concerns, my worries, my joys. Yeah. It's, it's incredible that I'm never on my own. I'm, mm-hmm. God is always there. Hey, I just can't. It's like breathing. I can't even imagine anything different. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And when people are so resistant, I just can't. I keep trying to figure out, like, why, what's that resistance about? Other than yeah. that spiritual, like, totally. saying, blinding mm-hmm. our minds to understand the glory of the gospel, like it talks in 2 mm-hmm. Corinthians. Um, it's just like, why would you not want this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it must be lots of other perceptions that they have around what Christianity is, is would be part of it. And yeah. other spiritual darkness, kind of not understanding. But, yeah, I can't imagine why people wouldn't want To follow God and be Christians.
0: Right. And so we have so many reasons. We could have listed another half hour's worth of reasons why we're thankful to be Mm -hmm. Christians and how we see God active in our life. And we know that as Christians, we are being watched. We're being watched by our own families, by our friends, by the community at large, by our church community. Mm -hmm. And so we recognize that we are being watched. That comes with a whole bunch of challenges, and the reason I asked Annelie to be here because we wanted to start off first with recognizing that as Christians at Northview, and as particularly as Northview staff, there are challenges to being watched. And I thought maybe we would clue you in as listeners as to some of the challenges we feel as Northview staff. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, to start off with
2: is more people know us than we know Yes. Um, Even if I've met somebody once, that might have been five years ago, but they might remember who I am because they've seen me on stage 10 times since, and I haven't seen them since. And so there's this feeling like wherever you go, in every restaurant you go, every shopping mall, every whatever, that there might be people in that room who know who you are and are watching the way you're interacting with people. They're watching how much you tip (laughs) as you leave the meal. They're watching all kinds of things about you. And like I was just at Starbucks the other day, and as I was in the lineup, she said, the woman who was serving me said, You go to Northview, right? You're a pastor. And <laughs> uh, what, what date is precept started? Like, okay, at Starbucks, I have to know the starting date of precept. And, like, yeah. and I just didn't go. I went there just to grab a coffee. But yeah. that feeling, like, you always have to be kind of on. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's funny.
0: Yeah, that's when I started working here about, mm, it's been almost six years now. That was a little unsettling and creepy at first. You, you'd be somewhere and people say, oh, you're on staff at Northview. Uh, I, I, yes, I am. But I didn't know them. So that's been something I've, I don't think I'm used to it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What do you think, Emily?
1: Yeah, I would say the same. I mean, I don't know all the, I mean, for me, it's a lot of teenagers who know yeah. me that I don't know. And I try my hardest to figure out who they all are. But we had like 160 kids last week. Yeah, yeah. And I got introduced to all of them. But they, I don't know all their names, and um, and also the other night I was just at a a ladies thing, and two moms came up to me. Different ones that are like, "Oh, I saw you on the website. You you work there?" Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, people you don't know, like our picture is out there, our name is out there, and uh, yeah, so it makes life a
0: little interesting. <laughs> and part of that challenge is that we are afraid to mess up. I don't mm. want to disappoint people. I don't want to fail. I don't want to do anything that's going to hurt the reputation of our church or the reputation of the God I serve. So I feel a little bit, sometimes a little scared when I'm around town. Like, what's in my grocery cart? Where? Which store did I just come out of? What did I order? At like, I'm just a much more hyper-aware of everything that I do and say because of that.
2: So some people would hear you say that, and they'd get frustrated by that or angry about that and think like, why do you do it then? If everything's so legalistic and if you have to follow all these checkboxes, yeah. like, why is it even worth being a pastor? So what would you say?
0: Well, I'd start with, first of all, saying uh, the scripture verse from John chapter 14 says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. So even before I was on staff, I love God. I've learned to love him more and more as I've gotten older. And so I want to submit my life to him. I want to follow him and I want to obey. So I would do it anyways. I'm just now much more aware (laughs) that other people are watching me and they're trying, many are trying to follow me. Like, okay, if you're in leadership, I want to do what you're doing because I also love God it's just a little bit of a weird dynamic to realize that i'm being watched and i don't necessarily always know it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And i don't want to be legalistic, so you kind of have to talk, i have to do a lot of self-talking. So for example, i'll admit i like to drink wine. Which means that mark doesn't drink wine, so it means i need to go to the liquor store occasionally, and then i'm aware, oh my goodness, what who's here and who's watching me and do they know that I'm drinking this responsibly and so then when Mm -hmm. I'm at home I make sure that people in my house know that I'm drinking responsibly I'm not an alcoholic I'm not struggling (laughs) in that way but I have all this testimony and this witness and this stuff going on in my head because of I don't want to hurt our church or hurt God that I love him and I don't want to hurt our family so all these things going Mm -hmm. on all these layers yeah yeah
2: what else we add um we talked about how we're being watched on social media, mm-hmm. and I think mm. that's something that we really need to be aware of and kind of talk to each other about yep. and challenge each other about because um, people, especially like your youth kids, mm-hmm. I mean, it probably would be even less with us, but it's, it's regular with our with our age group. But youth kids, for sure, I mean, that's where they get basically their sense of who somebody is. Totally. Right? It's what they yep. post on Instagram and what they post on Facebook and how they talk about themselves, how they interact with other people. Yeah. So it's an important thing for us to think about how we're being watched and perceived. Yeah, I think we, I mean, for me and myself, I'm very careful with what I post
1: on Instagram or on any sort of social media platform, and um, sometimes I find myself thinking about oh, am I not going to post what I'm doing right now because I don't want the youth kids to see and I wouldn't actually want them to promote that. But then I question, okay, well, why am I doing it then? Is this something that's okay for me to do or right. not? And yeah. so it's it's an extra accountability check there sometimes. And that's... Yeah, if you have to do something in secret, then... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it's funny because it's yeah. like... In our in the world past, you wouldn't have worried about that because there was no
2: mm-hmm, social mm-hmm. media
1: posting of it. You just did what you did in private, and it didn't matter. And so, but now sometimes we have this natural posting thing, which is just interesting yeah. part of our culture. And so, if what holds us back, why do we not post? And then, what kind of things are we not posting about? And should we be even be doing them? And I think it also is interesting when we um, talk to our youth leaders and. And then my interaction with them. And we have a lot of discussions about why we do things and should we do things and what should we post. And those are interesting discussions to have, I think. And then also to know that I need to have thought these things through because then I need to be able to explain to other people why I do what I do and uh, why we expect what we expect from leaders. Yeah,
0: Yeah. One thing about being in sync that's interesting is that... um, we've talked before about how it's really important that our church life on the weekend is the same throughout the week. Hmm. So for me, I'm on stage most Saturday nights as the MC, and I want my family and my friends that know me to experience the same Thalia on stage Saturday mm-hmm. night as they would experience Monday at Save on Foods because I'm almost always there in the morning on the hill. And then... <laughs> Nowhere turn out to my grocery shopping. shopping? Just come. And the, the same person that would be on staff during a weekday and then would be running errands in the week so that there isn't this um, disconnect. There has to be an sync that they would experience the same person. And that's always been very important to me from back when I was a teenager and I watched some of my friends, really cheerful, big smile during the day, all bubbly and extroverted, and then we'd step in the door of their house and they'd be all grumpy and irritable at home because that's where they could be sort of real but I didn't like that because, mm. like, hey, what happened to my friend who was this way during the day, and then we ca- come not to the her real house? You. Yeah, yeah. Which is the real you, and like, we need to sync this up. Yeah, I think
2: sometimes there's been a perception, like you hear some people that have like a preacher's voice or a yeah. praying <laughs> voice, yeah. or yeah. Yeah. right, all of a sudden they step on stage and they become something different. Yeah, and uh, like when we do our sermon review stuff here, like Jeff and Ezra and whoever's reviewing them make that same point like don't put on a separate voice or a separate demeanor like be who you are don't try to be somebody else like Greg shouldn't try to be Jeff and Kyle shouldn't try to be Ezra and whatever Mm -hmm. be who you are because that's who people connect with and know and they'll know who to who to then who they're then talking
0: to on the weekdays when they're talking to them yeah Mm -hmm. okay let's move on to the benefits there are benefits to being watched so what would those be Like you said,
2: Annalie, I think it's that accountability check. Like if Mm -hmm. we know people are watching us, we're going to be more careful and we're not going to do things that we might regret later. Mm -hmm. I know some of the times when I've been faced with decisions that kind of a path that could have gone both ways, I thought, well, this is going to tarnish my reputation or this is going to make people feel less of me. And that has been enough of a deterrent to kind of make me say, okay, let's choose God's way. Because there is something about us wanting to leave a legacy behind us that people appreciate and, you know, that they feel like that person who did follow God. And so I think there's a good
0: check in that. One of the benefits for me to being watched is that it pushes me very often out of my comfort zone. Hmm. So because I'm willing to be on stage and that is not my most favorite place, that is outside of my comfort zone, then my kids have been able to say, oh, okay, well then I'll try this because you have the courage to do that. I can do this. I've been willing to participate in podcasts, which wouldn't be my natural. Like, there's a lot of things because we're being watched. What will help others to grow, and then I need to probably step forward and do that first. Yeah, which is uncomfortable, but good.
1: Yeah, I think another benefit is like all believers are called to live for God, and yeah. and the things that we're talking about. Yeah, but for us, it becomes like sometimes you can think, well, it's not really that important because nobody knows I'm a Christian right. or whatever. But for us it's like no it is important and we know it's important and so it is that extra little no this is important and it's valuable that we are living according to scriptures and obeying christ and being that witness and yeah it's an encouragement to keep going to keep pressing on because people are watching because yeah we are models like to Mm -hmm. young people to old to everyone and so it's encouraging also to be like no keep at it it's it's important and keep going
0: and I need to try Mm -hmm. so i'll tell you a little story uh from the summer where i Uh, didn't try and failed, and that as a result, then I have tried better. So we were in Chicago, Mark and I alone, and we had breakfast every morning in the hotel, like their dining room kind of thing, and we had a, a waiter that was really engaging and really enjoyed him, and we talked with him every morning and got to know his life a little bit and him ours, and it became clear through meeting with him that he wasn't a Christian. That didn't matter. We still enjoyed him through the week. It got to Sunday And uh, we had always talked about what we would be doing during the day and what he would be doing during the day. We got to Sunday, and I knew that we were going to go to church, and then we were going to go to a certain neighborhood to explore. And I had it in my head, I should say, we're going to church, and then we're going to this neighborhood. But I didn't. I couldn't. I was so afraid of alienating him because he's not a Christian. I was so afraid of appearing holier than thou that I didn't say anything about church. I just said, we're going to go to this neighborhood. And when he left our table, I just... I felt miserable. Hmm. My heart, my stomach, I I started to cry and I'm like, I failed. I completely denied Christ. I was awful. And so Mark and I talked about it multiple times that day. I had to confess and say, I'm sorry, Lord. I completely denied you. I was afraid. I was totally afraid. And so from that point on the rest of our trip, we said, okay, whenever we have a chance, we will actually speak what we are doing because we were in Chicago because Mark was taking a course at Moody Bible Institute for his master's degree. So people would ask us regularly, taxi drivers, why are you here? And the other people, why are you here? So we had to start saying why. Mm -hmm. And our son Carter just left yesterday for Bible school in Germany. So people have been asking me, where is he going? To Bible school in Germany. And that's cashiers. It's extended family members who are not Christians. It's all over the place. And I've had to speak it because of my terrible failure I felt mm. in Chicago it was a failure so the, the challenge is that we're being watched the benefit is that it's pushing me to consider what I do that it all matches up that I speak what I believe Like it's hard but the mess ups are
2: good Yeah, I was going to say, just when I was talking to Jess, my daughter, about this over the summer, she was saying that some people don't want to engage with non-Christians because they're so afraid of messing up and of tarnishing Mm -hmm. the gospel message and saying the wrong thing or acting in a way that isn't right. And so they'll avoid non-Christians altogether. And I said, some of my best opportunities to witness has been when I have messed up. And then I've confessed it to that person and said, like, "Uh, that was horrible. Like, I should not be doing that in the context of who I am and what I believe. Will you forgive me? That person hasn't been a Christian, and I think that's been an opportunity for me to witness and say, "I didn't live up to my, what my talking is," and yeah. so I. But I feel convicted that I should do this, and uh, it's built that feeling like, "Oh, Christians are authentic too, and they're real mm-hmm. people too, and they're going to mess up too." So I think we shouldn't be scared of messing up. I think we mm-hmm. should, if we do, use that as an opportunity to to kind of come clean and say, "Yeah, we don't have
0: we don't have it. All, we don't have it all have it all together either." My, my just went out. something just happened there we're okay. back yeah it seems like it's back i often think of that first john 1 9 if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us mm. our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness which is what i kept repeating that day when i failed so badly in chicago and it happens over and over again and the mess ups like you said really encouraged me to sort of almost that day i kind of made a little bit of a vow to say okay lord I, don't want to I do that will again. speak yeah. up even when I am uncomfortable and even when I don't want to, because I'm afraid. Yeah. 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 I think um, kind of a,
1: on the side of that, it can also be a benefit that we work here. Sometimes I find that it's a conversation starter or closer, I suppose, yeah. depending <laughs> who you're talking to. Yeah. But um, I experienced over the summer, I was backpacking in Jasper with my sister and we met these two guys at one of our camps and, you know, you're just sitting around in the evening, you have nothing else to do, but talk. And so you know, ask what you do and both of us are like oh. <laughs> we work at church we're in bible school we you know involved in youth ministry and so right away yeah, I mean, we're right. also out in the forest everyone just talking about yeah. stuff and so it opened up a conversation about their experience in church um, one was a like past orthodox jew and the oh, other true. was a catholic and so for three days we ended up having evenings with these guys and by the end of it we had incredible conversations mm. just about faith and life because we had had that opener right away so it's almost is kind of like well, I can jump into this conversation a little easier because I do have that thing I can just say, well, this is this is what I do. So, yeah. and if
2: people don't want to talk that, they don't have to, right. but it right away opens the door to right. kind of a piece of your identity that
0: is mm-hmm. important for you to share. So you don't have to find a way to be like uh Jesus. Kind of it <laughs> That's right. yeah. It's like a little bit of a fishing line. I totally. find it fun. Yeah. And you toss it out there and you see if people grab onto it. Yeah. Like if I say Carter's going to Bible school, some of them are like, oh great, have a good time. That's mm-hmm. it. And others mm-hmm. like Bible school? Where which Bible school? I went to Bible school and then you can mm-hmm. go a little further and find out where people are at. Yeah. Okay, so because we're being watched, and that with challenges and benefits, what kinds of things help us in being watched? Like what a, that's not quite a way, way to phrase it, but you know what I mean? What helps us when, in our Christian witness? I think it's just our own
2: um, process of God working in our hearts through as we're studying His Word and as we're in time of prayer. Um, hopefully, we look back and we see that we've grown mm-hmm. in these areas that we're becoming more loving and more caring and more mm-hmm. authentic and all these things over, over time. We know it's not going to happen immediately, yeah. but um, just being in God's Word and being around study with other people is part of Him shaping us into, into his image into who he wants us to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I would definitely say a a group Bible study for me is really important and to have other women around me that can know where I'm at and accept me and can hear challenges Mm -hmm. and, um, and to encourage me in the, in my faith walk as well, just to be there and know that there's no judgment, but they understand and they want you to succeed in, in pursuing Jesus, just like you want them to. And that's really helpful to know that like they're your brothers and sisters yeah, and that we are a family. I think that's really, really helpful. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's helpful to have a few people around us that can pray for us and encourage us and mm-hmm. kick our butt when needed. I always feel sad for people when they come to meet with me and they say they have no one. Oh. Mm. We, we need Every people. Every conversation this summer yeah. was that way with people. I was like, oh, how can you have no one? Yeah. <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah. 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 Even if it's over, if you're new to Abbotsford and it's over FaceTime with someone back east or something, we need people that will keep us going so find that kind of a person or a group of people would be my encouragement.
1: Mhm. I think I mean that
0: comes up with youth
1: every time we graduate a new class. It's like you guys need each other. Stay together. You're all going to yeah. like be going off different ways, so find a group of people that can encourage you wherever you're going or stay connected with those that are here because you need each other in life and to, to continue and you're going to be challenged with so many different things yeah. every stage of life and so you need people that are with you in that stage to yeah. help you.
0: Yeah. I know as a Northview pastor, one of the things I need and I have is I need groups of people where I'm not the pastor, Mm -hmm. Mm. where I can express myself and not have to worry about every word that comes out of my mouth because they know me and then we can talk it through and they can correct me or laugh with me or pray with me, but where I don't have the pastor hat on. Yeah. is nice. You don't have to feel on duty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, cuz yeah. sometimes when you're in a lineup or you're at a store people ask you questions about when does this start up and when does that start up and when is Jeff preaching again? What's the series? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, ah, yeah. Okay. Pastor hat back on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think even just being in scripture
2: reminds us that despite like we're not doing this to be people pleasing, but God is always watching mm-hmm. us, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we're at the quiet of our own hearts and our own minds and our own house like We need to realize that God is watching all of our things. And even if we can hide or fake it from everybody else, we can't hide or fake it from God. And he knows our hearts. And and so I think it's important And scripture, being in scripture reminds us of that, that his eye is upon us. Mm -hmm. And that's not a bad thing. It's because he wants us to flourish and he wants us to live um, in light of him. And so he's going to bring things into our life that are going to correct or challenge us if he sees us going off the rails. but. Kind of like realizing that nothing is hidden from him. No,
0: even if we can fake it with other people. And um, I would encourage our listeners to read First Samuel chapter one. It's the story of Hannah. She's one of two wives, and she doesn't have a child, and she desperately wants a son. And she openly talks to God about all of her troubles. And I think that is one of my greatest joys of being a Christian is I can talk to God about all of my difficulties, my anxieties, my troubles, my joys, everything. And that is like a gift. I would say do that. Talk with God regularly in your not necessarily even in your quiet time like when you're walking when you're driving when you're doing your dishes just talk with him about the things that are going on and ask him to help you um to be corrected to recognize when you have failed to recognize when you've done a good job like yeah it's it's to keep your heart soft towards mm -hmm. great yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. well we've reached the end of our podcast crystal would you mind praying for our listeners before we sign off yeah
2: Lord, we thank you for the amazing privilege that you give us to be your ambassadors here in this world, that you entrust us with this message of your gospel and you entrust us as your kids to um, represent you. And so, Lord, I just pray that we wouldn't take that lightly, that we would recognize that all of what we do and say reflects on you who are our Heavenly Father and that our hearts would be um, in tune with you, that we'd want to represent you well, that we'd want to bring honor and to glory, glory to you rather than shame on your name and So Lord, we pray for each of our listeners uh, that their hearts would just be uh, more and more in step with you and in tune with you, Um, that you would just draw them into a love relationship with you that then flourishes in the way that they study scripture and the way that they pray and the way that they parent or in the way that they interact with friends. Uh, Lord, we pray that all of what we do would flow out of our heart relationship with you. And so, Lord, we thank you that you created us to be in relationship with each other and with you and um, that you love us and you want what is best for us. And so you will guide and direct our steps. Mm -hmm. So we thank you that we can entrust ourselves to you in that. And just pray, Lord, for each of our listeners, Lord, that they would do that and their lives would be in sync and that we would be people who represent you well. Mm -hmm. So we pray these things in your name, Jesus. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for working within
0: us. Amen. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.